Hello and welcome to the Humans of Hope podcast. Today we spoke to Jordan Hardaway, second year sport and physical education and SEN student at Hope. Jordan has a fascinating and inspirational story that goes alongside the studies. Not only is Jordan the assistant first team coach at a top Welsh team, but he's also head coach of the club's new elite development squad alongside his studies. So we can assure you that this podcast will be both motivational and insightful. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to the Humans of Hope podcast. My name is Steve. I'm a student recruitment officer at the university. Uh, my name is Melissa and I'm the creative projects officer at our creative campus. And I'm Jordan Hadaway and I'm studying a combined honours of sport and PE and special educational needs and I'm also head coach of the elite development squad at Kevin Jewitts. Fantastic. So a bit of a multifaceted conversation we're going to have here as a, a current student but someone who's in a very impressive role. Um, particularly for someone in your age with, and with a, a really fascinating background as well. Um, but I guess the best place to start is really, you know, where did your football journey begin? Now, excuse me if this is a, a major misconception, um, but from what I understand, you know, a lot of people who were interested in football, as I was when I was younger, it's normally in a, a playing capacity um, and, you know, as a fan as, uh, of a team. Is that how it started for you? And um, when did this interest of getting involved at an academic level come in? Um, so I used to play grassroots football for my local team, Hollywell. Um, I was a full-back. I wasn't very good, to be honest. But then I went on to play for the local academy team mm. for three years. And then from there, that's when the enjoyment was killed out of it. So at 14, right. I decided to get involved in coaching at the local soccer camps wow. in Hollywell, doing like the community programmes there. And then from there, it just spiralled. At 16, I took over a under-16 at 17, I was director of youth at Hollywell, looking over about 100 and something kids. And then from there, it just went, keep, keep going and keep going. It hasn't really stopped. It's, it's, it's interesting, though, because um, you say at that sort of young age, you realised that the enjoyment of, of playing was um, was maybe gone for you, maybe because, I don't know, you said you weren't very good. At, I don't know, I'm probably worse. But I think that's quite a mature decision early on to say, actually, like, you know, I'm, I've not in love with this part of the game, but I obviously love football enough to go and go and do something like that. And that's quite a, a sort of big decision at such a, a young age. So from there then, you know, going on to coaching, is did you say that is like a natural pathway into studying at university? Is that Was that always the plan? Or again, did that come sort of when university was around the conversation, maybe when you're in sixth form and stuff, is that when you decided? Uh, I always wanted to be a teacher and I think coaching and teaching goes hand in hand so mm. I thought but to be a teacher you've got to go to university mm. so I wasn't really a fan of going to university but after doing A-levels and things like that mm. that was the next step effectively so I had to I had to go and do that yeah and and um, how, how have you found the sort of university experience so far is it sort of um Maybe what you expected, is it is it what you were dreading it might be after your A-levels or has it been a little bit different to what you thought? I think it's a bit easier than A-levels. Um, right. I think you get you get more um, time to do things by yourself than mm. being pestered by a teacher. So there's less pressure in terms of that. But I think the actual type of learning is totally different compared from A-levels to university. Something that maybe suits you a little bit more, like you say, not getting like sort of as 
as pestered by people chasing up your coursework and that sort of independence and that um, individuality that you can have on it maybe suits you a little bit more than how you want to learn and what for the job that you want to do is teaching as well. Maybe it's a bit suited to you. Yeah, I think it gives me a bit more time to get things done as well. And so mm. something on your back, you get given a, a deadline to get things in. So you, yeah. can time, you can manage your time a bit better from studies so that you can have more free time. Or it could go the opposite way and you don't do that and you're just stressed <laughs> one day before that. <laughs> Amazing. We've been there. Um, I was going to say, so talking about stress and time, like whenever you sent through, when I asked, what do you do? And you sent the list and I was like, right, okay. And there's like, I can already pick up like three massive things off this list and that's not even to do with your degree. Like, so how do you find balance between doing your study and, and your job and like what would an average even an average day consist of or do you separate them quite nicely so so for example tomorrow um i'm doing a shift in tesco so in the bakery so i'm doing a 3 a.m till 8 and straight on the zoom till um 9 till 3 30 in university then i'll go straight up to kevin drew it's got him a meeting five till seven and then we've got training seven till nine so we'll walk in through the door till probably about 10 o'clock so that's that's what an average day looks like wow. um but that's obviously because football's getting re restarting in because mm. in cold but i try to always get my assignments done early so that when it comes to the deadline it's not panicking but mm. to be fair to the university they've worked with me in terms of if i need the deadline extending so for example this month i've got two due in within two weeks so they've given me an extra few weeks to get okay. stuff in so they've worked alongside me um to make sure that i get the balance of both and, and don't have to quit mm -hmm. either and to ensure that i can carry on it and make sure that i do it all and complete it all but yeah it's busy sunday's a day off for me but then there's football on the telly so i don't really it's not really a day off so but, yeah so it's it's one of them but i love it so and the minute you stop is the minute that yeah I don't know. I don't know what to say, but the minute you stop isn't isn't a good moment. And uh, out of interest, Jordan, as well, and maybe should ask this nearer to the top. Who's your like team that you support growing up? Everton. Is, I'm very uh, happy. With that. I'm, a big, I'm a big Everton fan, and oh, over the weekend we beat the weekend before we beat Liverpool. So yeah. I've never seen it happen either. Breathe out now. The same as I've yeah. never seen us beat beat Liverpool at Anfield. It was 22 years and I'm only 19, so. Made, made me feel my uh, my age a little bit there, but no, that, it, it does go yeah. to show. I'll, I'll let carry on before I go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> it's good to believe. That always comes up, but I feel like with every podcast guest, we've been like, oh, who do you support? And Steve just slips it in there. <laughs> yeah, good. somehow. I just need to know who I'm speaking to, do you know? I <laughs> suppose, um, yeah, I suppose back on the uni train, like, I blows my mind that you have the time to do all that but I suppose with like I find a lot of students these days when they try and do extra bits around their studies like burnout does come do you find you've had that or do you find you do keep the balance or is there any point where you just need a break like to just stop I think Covid's been a good, good like a good break yeah uh, I think I think it's been all right I don't I don't get burnout I get more burnt out if I'm not doing anything. Mm. So I'd, I'd rather be making sure I'm doing something all the time. And if I'm not doing something, it's something like watching a game of football or doing something similar. Because I'm watching a game of football, I can learn a lot. Mm. Um, 
or cracking on with a lecture just to get that out of the way. So I'd rather, I don't like sitting around, it does my head in. So I'd rather just keep going. I'd, I'd be similar. Do you, do you find you still have time to do like, you know, obviously we'll not put like student life in just the box of partying and like going out to town, but do you still find you have downtime as a student there? Or has that changed maybe? Um, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> On a Saturday night, that's, that's my day, Saturday night. <laughs> Um, but if players listen to this, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, <Paul. laughs> That's crazy. I was going to say, so you mentioned hope and like how they help you. Have you, do you find like just in general, like the facilities, would you say it's all aided you towards your degree? Because obviously you're doing combined as well. Yeah, I think, I think the lecturers are very approachable. Um, I was supposed to be going to another university, but I changed to go to Liverpool Hope last minute. Um, because I was doing a LLS course and they're linked to Liverpool Hope University, mm. Jordan Wright's one of the ambassadors. So I'd already had a taste of Liverpool Hope three or four times. So when I went to the other university, I thought, mm, I don't like this and I'll change mm. to Liverpool Hope. And it's the best thing I ever did. Um, <laughs> Penny, Penny always helps to be fair. If I email her and just say, look, I'm struggling with this. She'll mm. always, especially recently, she'll, she'll support me in any way that she can. And the, and the lecturers and tutors are great as well. And I think it's just a great place. It's a small unique, so you know most people and you know faces that you see every week that you walk past. So yeah, I love it. I think it's great. And I think it's not far from me, so it's even better. I know, we get that. That's like our biggest answer, I think, with most of our guests, isn't it, Steve? And we say like, oh, what do you love the most? It's because it is so small and you walk down the corridor and you can see someone you know, or you know teachers that don't even teach you, they teach like your fat mate. Um, do you find you've changed as a, obviously you've, you've developed in your role so much in football over the years. Do you find you've changed a lot since first year or like what's the journey been like, I suppose, from your first day I hope to like now where you're at? I like I said to you before, I don't, I keep myself to myself. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know. I think it could have, it wouldn't have changed much if we were in, but because of COVID, I think like I haven't seen my uni mates for about a year, something like that. Mm. And it's hard to keep in touch with them when I'm so busy as well. But I, I try and I do keep in touch with them. Um, but I think that's the biggest difference is, is obviously the situation that we're in now. I think changes everything completely. Mm. I was looking forward to, I loved first year. I'm loving second year more than first year. It's just I'm not looking forward to third year. <laughs> but we'll just have to see how it goes. Mm, definitely. And, you know, certainly from a, a, a personal point of view, even, you know, someone who had a more maybe traditional quote unquote university experience and not having, you know, so, as many roles as you do at the time, I can certainly say, you know, from a, my point of view, third year, especially a hope, it, it was fantastic because that it's that opportunity to really dig into the stuff that makes you really interested in, in your subject. So definitely I think as, um, as stressful as it might be for you next year, you know, it'll gradually get more stressful that, that um, final you'd be really interesting for you to think as well um and so you know going on like sort of speaking about wanting to be a teacher and how that's always been um there and obviously you, you're current all within football um like there i would argue there's attributes in teaching and, and managing and coaching like you said that really go hand in hand but based on your experience your studies and all that kind of thing what would you say makes a successful like managing, not just in football, but in sport? And, you know, what attributes that, that, that does someone like you have? 
I think, especially for me, I've got to be, I think the biggest one's got to be understanding because, mm. for example, at Carewis, I was managing somebody that was 38, only three years younger than my mum and dad. Mm. So I had to kind of go at it a different way and be understanding of what they might say back to me. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest one's communication skills because if you don't communicate across to them what you want them to do and what the job that you want them to do is, mm. and when it goes wrong, the fingers pointed at you even more than what it should be anyway. Mm. Yeah. So I think communication is a big one, but understanding, especially at my age, was was a big one as well. Mm. And would you say that's been a challenge in that, like, tri- you know, you've just literally said it there, traditionally, the sort of player-coach, player-manager relationship is that of someone, the player being younger traditionally than, um, you know, than the person giving them the advice or get, telling them what they need to do. You know, it's it's quite often brought up in football, isn't it? When a coach is sort of in his 30s, that he's this, yeah. you know, this young manager and stuff. Has that been something that you've really had to, um, you know, work on and almost, I guess, um, make your own blueprint for success because you can't really use what's been before you in some ways because you're a tra- trailblazer of, of your age, do you know? Yeah, yeah. I think... It has been hard at times, um, but I think I think you're in respect by what you say to them. So yeah, it's for example in my first game as the manager, uh, managing men. I think I took I made three substitutions at half time and we were two 0 down and we won the game for three in the last kick of the game. So I think that automatically set us on a good run, but also yeah. gained in the respect of the players because mm. I could have just left it and be naive and just thought. Ah, We'll get something. We'll be all right. Yeah. But I did. I took one of them being my best mate. I took him off. Um, so yeah, I think it's trial and error for everybody, and but even for me because I haven't been there and done it. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm I've been and played, but I haven't been there and played at the highest level. Where some managers play at the highest level and then go in at the highest level. So, yeah, I think it's more about just learning off other people that you're around. And that's why I made move to Kevin Druids because at Carewis, I was the first team manager and it was it was only me. Whereas at Druids, I'm the EDS manager and there's a first team manager and assistant manager of the first team above. So I think that I'm going to learn off them. So that's that's the main reason why I left because I've got somebody, somebody to learn and take ideas on. Whereas mm. at Carewis... If it was going wrong, tough luck. It's, it was you and that was you. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's interesting then, is an, an attribute that you know somebody needs to have who's maybe looking into getting into similar roles in yourself is being brave enough to take moves that maybe could potentially go really wrong but could go really right as well sort of thing and being bold, I suppose. Would you, would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, I did a talk for um, Chorley FC the other month through LLS their scholarship program. And the biggest advice I have to any, anyone at that age is you've got to take opportunities because if mm. you don't, I'd already turned this Kevin Druid's job down in March last <laughs> year. And luckily, and the minute I turned it down, I thought it was the wrong thing. But I was doing well at Carewis, didn't think I was right. And then luckily they come back and ask me would I do it. And yeah, and I think if you don't take opportunities and you don't jump at opportunities, you'll never know whether it was the right or wrong. This mm. could go completely wrong for me. But I'm at the highest level now in Welsh football, so I'm not going to filter down all the way back to where I was. So even though I've gone to the top and it might not work out, the likelihood is I'm going to still fall higher than what I was. Yeah. 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 
So I think you've just got to take opportunities and be bold and be brave. Because you know what, I think it's, that's a. I think it's a, it's a like amazing mindset to have, and I guess it's one that's needed. I don't think I guess you don't get anywhere in any field, but particularly sport with a defeatist mindset or like a sort of um, any self preservations as such. Like you've got to. Um, almost sort of be very self-aware and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice for someone, um, expect, you know, looking to go into that sort of career path as well. But so going on to that academic side of stuff, it is um, it is hard to, when, when, when we talk and you speak about all these fantastic experiences, to do remember that you are in second year of university. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. Um, but, you know, and you see you're doing sport and, and SEN combined. That, that's yeah. right. Um, you know when someone listening to this maybe decides that you know they want to come and do sport and they want to come and do SEN and they want to do them both or separately what kind of experiences would you say that they can expect from the course so you mentioned the tutors being great the university being really really supportive and is there any other like sorts of standout experiences that you've experienced I think with the P side of things you get to learn so for example it's been quite an eye-opener for me because i'm taught how to coach say through coaching badges whereas mm. i've gone on to the degree in sport and pa and a section of that is coaching and it's all about teaching and understanding games mm. so you get different aspects of different things but also i think with sport and pa the facilities at hope are just they're just amazing for the sport and pa side of things um and then i think just pop everything's positive there there's never any negatives and um, I think that's a big one. I think if you if somebody if your leader or your tutor or your your line manager is positive, then I think the outcome of an overall um, overall thing is going to be positive. So mm. I think I just think Liverpool hopes a positive place. There's never any negatives. So that'll in the end will go hand in hand, and you'll hopefully if you put the work in, get a good 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 degree, mm. which so, I'm hoping. <laughs> so you know, actually, funnily enough, you know, we talk about this hectic schedule that you've got. But actually, the sort of experiences and values that you're getting from hope that, in some ways, is maybe enhancing what you already know, enhancing your mindset be, towards that or the walk of life that you got going on in your professional life, and almost as if they take up your schedule completely. But it sounds like they're complementing each other quite nicely. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think they go hand in hand because I'm coaching and teaching, and 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 special educational needs. I've never looked into that, so. And disability in sport is massive, so mm. and it's getting more and more um, common. So I think that's helping me out as well. So to, to be honest, you know, going on the conversation, I do feel like um, obviously sport's been at the forefront with it being, you know, in your professional life and in your educational uh, life with university and stuff. But you know, we haven't really touched too much on the 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 SEN side of your of your degree. And so, you know, when you say you haven't looked into it again, was that maybe from an experience that you'd had a hope or when you decided to come a hope, to hope did you see the course and sort of was that also like a almost like a last minute decision to take that up or yeah but i'll be honest with you i took sport and pa with science right. and i remember sitting in the science hall lecture hall and thinking wow i don't know what what's going on <laughs> i'm thinking i really do need to think about this and really do need to change this and i knew i wanted to be a teacher so i thought dropping the science side of things okay it might not help going forward but if i pick something education based then it'll help me and special educational needs because my aim is to be a head teacher at the end of everything 
nothing mm. to do with sport. That's my like end aim. So with being a male going into primary school with a PE background and adding special educational needs to it, the likelihood is if I, if if everything goes right, then it that's that's hopefully what will happen. To, yeah, to, to be honest, you know, um, I studied education early childhood, I hope, and then went on to do a primary PGC and my specialism was PE as well. And I was told quite a lot that, you know, those kind of things stand you in good stead of moving up the ranks before I decided to sort of change roles within education, if you like, and not, and not go into teaching. Um, certainly things with like PE, I think it's, there's a trend in, in primary schools at the minute, isn't there, where maybe not all members of staff are as confident in teaching PE as they are, say, their own specialist subject or something more traditional like English and maths. And so actually having someone come in who's, that's their specialty, it really sort of um, almost brings it a t- togetherness in the, in the teaching department and that they know that they can take advice from you, you can help them out a lot. And yeah, certainly it's done you in good step for your career. Like doing, um, going in and doing PPA cover for the last, I think it's been about three years now, um, wow. in the local school. So I've been doing, so obviously I started off as an assistant coach, um, a nervous assistant coach, <laughs> doing PPA cover. So the teachers go and do plan preparation. Mm. We take the class and do PA. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I'm a lead coach now, doing the same schools every week. So I think, and you go into the schools and the teachers like admire you because they they just don't want to do the PA. <laughs> so they literally love you and they're like, go on, take the kids. And, but that, and I think the more people that have a PE background go into primary schools, the better PE, mm. le- PE lessons should be. Yeah, I, think, I do think going forward, though, it is best to outsource to get PE teachers in or PE mm. coaches. C- certainly the, the schools that I worked in during my time of teaching, it was always done by an external coach. Um, but actually, I think that that's quite nice for the kids sometimes and that like they've got this person that they know is their PE teacher and they, they look forward to, to meeting them and stuff like that. But I mean, my follow-on question from that is how does... Um, coaching a load of and teaching a load of primary school kids compared to um coaching sort of men in their 30s and in their 20s it's always oh, i want to change my name when i'm in the price primary school it's always <laughs> jordan, jordan, jordan jordan and it's like oh but i think no i think i don't think i'd be where i was at now if i didn't teach under six football when mm. i was six I remember I planned a session. I remember walking into the sports hall and it was my first ever session. I was nervous and they were my team. And I'd, it's the first time I've ever met them. And I walked into the sports hall and thought, right, here we go. They're going to love this session. I got the balls out. They couldn't do anything I was asking them to do. <laughs> and I just thought, oh no, right, think on your feet. And I thought on my feet. I thought on my feet and it worked out all right in the end. But I think without teaching the kids. Yeah. PE and, and sport, football and, and things like that, then I don't think I would have been able to have the, the skill set of what I have now. I'm not saying it's complete of what I have now to go and coach the adults because it gives you great thinking on your feet skills. <laughs> and, and, it, yeah, and you learn to be, in, in men's football, you're nagged as the manager. Well, <laughs> teaching just does that for you all day. <laughs> it's, them two areas have been sorted for me. <laughs> I love that. 
That's crazy. I feel like it's just like, I don't know about you, Steve. I'm listening to Jordan's experience and I just feel like the laziest student ever. Like I did mm. not do enough. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because like I say, as a someone who formerly went into teaching and as a, a football fan, I feel like, you know, maybe I said, I'm going to choose one over the other. And Jordan said, no, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll take both of them. Um, it's, it is, it's fascinating. It's really people interesting. People say to me, don't you want to have full-time football or don't you? I, if I wasn't doing a teaching degree now, I would be full-time at Kevin Druids. And to be honest, the way that they're looking at it, it's going to be t- university Monday, Tuesday, and then the rest of the week with Druids. But full-time doesn't appeal to me in football. Mm. I, that's why that's why I went to university, just to do a teaching degree and hope that I'd become a teacher. But you never know, you could do a football scholarship programme or something mm. like that, and I could be the tutor of that. So mm. just have to wait and see, but... Football full time does not appeal to me. <laughs> not at this, not at this moment anyway. I've just pulled a grey I just pulled a grey hair out upstairs. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. oh my God, I didn't have that. That's far too me. early. That is far too early, my friend. <laughs> if you pulled it out, let's see if it stays away. <laughs> There's an indication maybe you need to uh, yeah, choose the one. I find it really um admirable that you want to be a head teacher and you, you know that. Like I've I think that's an amazing goal to have and it's just it's just cool how you can I suppose visualize yourself there as well like mm. it's yeah I think that's really really amazing most schools, most schools around here that I work in do have male head teachers and they're just I just think wow I want to be you you look cool in a suit and they do look cool <laughs> in a suit and they're they're, the, they're cool they're just cool people and they're all sporty people as well so I just think why can't I be that did you have a like I suppose this go back to like school life did you have like any teachers that inspired you or like a head teacher you looked up to not a head teacher but I had a big <laughs> teacher um Mr Jones his name was Kevin Jones he's he the minute I left he'd retired but he was if it, oh. I think he has a big influence in everything I do and I still have his number today and I haven't spoke to him for about a year um but funnily enough I was going to speak to him last week so I think he does have quite a big influence because he used to get me to when I was doing GCSEP look you need to start it you need to do your coaching and all this and to be fair he was he's good yeah that's lovely I feel like everyone's had their one person that's like given the push um for me that didn't come to uni like to to have the teachers but I think that's again why I liked it so much because Hope did have that like small community you know circle of encouragement um we, I feel like we've gone through all things football. Um, obviously, wrapping up back to Hope, I know you haven't been on campus for ages. Like, can you remember the last time you were on Hope Park campus? Yeah, I can because I got a Mersey flow fine. So, yeah. <laughs> the 20, I think it was the 23rd of February. Oh, so, yeah. To the day. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, you paid it? <laughs> no, I, I forgot to pay it. That's one thing. I forgot to pay it. So now it's... I think it's about 125. I think, I think you'd be excused for how much you've got on to, to yeah. forget to pay something yeah. like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's how I remember, 23rd of February. Can you think back then, this is a question we always like to ask people because it just gets us excited to go back hopefully one day in the near future. Um, your favourite spot uh, on campus could be anywhere. Where would we find you? <laughs> um, what, what's the place called? Where the pool table is. Our place. Oh, yeah. Our oh, place. our place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the chicken. What did we used to eat? We chicken always strips. Eat. Yeah, chicken strips and chips. Right. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that's the thing. Do you know what? You are, Jordan, I know you're in sport, but you haven't, 
just looking at your sort of upper frame, you haven't got the frame of someone who enjoys chicken strips like I do. I think if if you compare us as chicken strip fans, I think you're definitely winning that that game. (laughs) Well, we used to have them every lunchtime, me and my mates. Jesus. But yeah, that that was the best. That was the best part. We used to sit on the high tables and just people watching. Uh, mm. I miss that. We used to, we did that obviously when we worked there. It was fun. Yeah, it is it's a boss place that, to people watch as well, but I also don't have the the, the long legs for the air. Uh, those long oh, <laughs> those yeah, I, that as well. I, <laughs> I love that. Okay, and then we'll get back to a more serious news because if anyone's listening, we've had a lot of like prospective students obviously listen to the podcast and it's really good for them to get an idea of life as a hoop student. Um, could you sum up in three reasons why someone should study, not even education, but why they should choose hope for their degree? I think because the first one, the biggest one, is because it's small and you get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one, like I said before, it's a positive place. So if you put positive, and if you're a positive person together, then you're going to get a good degree at the end of it. Yeah. Finally... It's just in Liverpool, and Liverpool's the best place around for partying, <laughs> for sports clubs, for everything. So why wouldn't you go there? It's great. <laughs> it's always interesting when someone with a non-Scouse accent says that. I always think oh, I'm a bit biased I, when I say It's the things. place to be, I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I'm, we're, we're both invaders of Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, it's um, great. Well, I, sort of before before we go on to our, our final question, I think there's there's two questions for me that have come from all that. One, going back to your sport, just want to know maybe what your um, you know, most memorable or most sort of proud moments that you've had in your your sort of sports career so far. Over, you know, getting the position that you you uh, have now, I'm sure that's right up there. But is there a particular sort of snapshot that you like to sort of tell? Oof, I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe one of my proudest ones was when my under coached my under seventy. This was God. This it was not even long ago. But when you think of what I've done in a short space of time, it is. But mm. I think it's about two and a half years ago. Three of my ten players in the under sevens got picked up by United and started playing for them. Wow. So I think that's one of the proudest moments. Um, whether that was me with the coaching or whether it was just fluke, I don't know. But yeah, I think that was one of the proudest moments. Um, but I think for me personally, I think getting employed by Real Madrid was probably mm. the biggest one. That was yeah. the biggest one for me. And then obviously this one, because now I'm at the, the height of Welsh football, which mm. are my, um, uh, what's it called, goals and achievements. I put that at 27. Wow. So to do it at 19 is... wow. Yeah. So again, sorry, this is not my second follow question, but there's just a, a f- two from there. Sorry. Um, just <laughs> first of all, for maybe those who who um, who were listening, and you know, I don't think we covered it. What was your role with Real Madrid? Um, so yeah, I do the soccer clinic. So we didn't do much this year. We're not doing much. We didn't do much last summer, and we're not doing any this summer. But um, I used to do. I think it's a. 12 I think I did I've done 13 or 14 camps so far and wow. been over to to Real Madrid's training complex to do a bit of training but amazing but yeah it that's just completely different because you're working I did one in the Isle of Wight the other month I had me a Bulgarian coach um I had a French coach and I had somebody that lives in the Isle of Wight but is originally from Shrewsbury down the road <laughs> and we were all sharing the same ho- like the same house 
So I think that as well, that's just been amazing because, and they're all like 40 or 50 and I'm just sitting there like, I could be your kid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's quite awkward, but it's great because I'm like the one that the kids on the camps all go to because of all the age. Yeah. And I just, just yeah. even though I've got that badge on, I still coach as if I was coaching my local team. Bit yeah. full. Follow the trip, follow the Real Madrid training plan, but <laughs> but yeah, just do it a bit different. And so, something that was interesting that came out of what you said as well was that you said um, you've achieved something now at 19 that you wanted to achieve at 27 originally. So my question was really, have you got a sort of step-by-step, year-by-year plan of what you want to achieve realistically? And does that include things like you've said you want to be a head teacher? Like has, has that got an age on it? Well, so I think I wouldn't be where I am now if the chairman of the football club that I'm, I've just moved to didn't give me the chance mm. because not many Welsh Premier League clubs have given a 19-year-old lad a chance. So mm. without him, I wouldn't be there where I am now. But I remember pre- presenting to him when I first went for the job in March, um, presenting to him and on at the end of it, it said, be first team manager of a Welsh Premier League club by 28, <laughs> um, achieve my UA for a licence, um, obviously as soon as possible and achieve my UEFA Pro licence and then work within a Premier League club right Premier League club so I'm 20 I'm 19 and I'm already in a Welsh Premier League club as fourth fourth in command of the first team if you want to say that and in charge of development developing players for the first team I'm going on my UEFA A licence next year wow and UEFA Pro takes years um so I don't I don't know when I go on that probably when I'm 50. <laughs> and then as academic side, it was become a teacher. Obviously, whenever I finish my degree and do a PGCE, mm. uh, and it was then be a teacher. But I want to be a head teacher by I'm 42. Right. Uh, which, wow. but a bit of football gets in the way of that. Like, <laughs> or it could be. It sounds like a spoil of riches that you've got though. Like, do you know what I mean? And. I, I struggle to sort of know where I want to achieve this week. Never mind, sort of. Oh, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I just put that up. I just do that. <laughs> just so I've got something to work towards. But yeah, yeah. week to week. But it's, it, sounds, it sounds like it's working for you. Like, you know, I think um, knowing what you want to work towards, even if it, the plan changes as it has, it's always um, nice to look back on where you thought or wanted you would be, isn't it? Yeah, and it's crazy that where I am now, it's crazy. I'm working with elite players mm. and I'm classed as an elite coach. <laughs> so, you know. So yeah. Yeah, I, that's so cool. Like I, I again, Steve, I feel completely like I have no goals. No, not even no goals. But I think maybe when we set goals, we're a bit like hesitant. But it's mm. cool you you have that vision in mind, and I think it's probably really encouraging for anyone listening. You know that you can reach these goals and do really amazing things in between and like you say anything could happen in between then football could go in a different direction and you could change your mind so I think if you set your goals high I've always thought you won't if you fall short of it it's not that bad Mm. so I've set my goal as first team manager in the Welsh Premier League by 28 if I don't if I fall short of that I'm going to be an assistant manager by 28 or in tier two at 28 yeah 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 so that so if if you set them high you'll always fall Hopefully, I won't fall short, but if I do, it's not too bad. 
Interesting. Well, I feel very motivated today. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm inspired. I want to work hard. Mm. Um, we're nearly at the end now, and this is the last question we always ask um, any guests. So I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the Humans for Hope Instagram, but we interview obviously various people in the community. And the one question we always like to ask um, is what do you think makes a human of hope? And I know that's a very broad question, but I suppose even describing yourself as a hope student and member of the community, what qualities do you think are involved there? That's a hard question. It is, that's why it's last. <laughs> um, I don't know. Everyone seems to be happy there. So I think mm. being happy is one. You'll see the odd person that's probably hasn't had chicken strips and chips. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit sad but, <laughs> uh, but I think happy is the biggest one I think it's just calm isn't it so be happy be positive and just be calm and get on with your work really I think that's yeah oh no that's a tough question that is people who are sort of men mentally positive and mentally strong um yeah, yeah. just keep going at things because everything's not going to go right things hasn't gone university hasn't got as far from gone right for me so mm. You know, it's it's one of them. You're just going to keep going, and hopefully, it'll turn out good. Wow. that's what I'm hoping for, anyway. <laughs> well, honestly, it's it's been um, it's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you, Mel. I'm sure you'll agree, and you know, certainly look forward to. Um, I know you mentioned at the start not sort of liking the spotlight and stuff, but certainly looking forward to seeing how things develop for you and turn out for you. And um, you know, I think I've I've got a whole new team to support now. Um, just yeah. just one. Want to see one of our hope boys do well, you know. Um, so honestly, thank you so much for giving up your time and your and your, and your hectic schedule. It's been fa fantastic.